It's May 24th, 2013, an absolute gorgeous day. It's 3.30 in the afternoon, and this is a message about my continued absolute astonishment with how God continues to communicate to me with numbers on an absolute every single day basis. I never in a million years can explain this to anybody. I... I'm just, I'm astonished. I've been living this now for two and a half years, and my mind is just officially blown. I mean, I just, I, some days I, I get used to it, and some days I'm just like, man, I just can't believe you, God, that you do this. I mean, this is incredible. So this morning I'm on my walk, and, you know, been listening to, uh, or actually just praying the whole time, and I had my phone, but wasn't listening to it, and I've been walking for 45 minutes, hadn't looked at my phone, and all of a sudden I feel led to stop and take a picture of something. And at what time is it? 11.11. I instantly knew, okay, I'm going to see that girl who will remain nameless today at Starbucks. And um, almost thought about sending my buddy Gustavo the thing saying, hey, okay, check it out. Because this has happened now a dozen times or more. And it's just unbelievable. You know, how dare somebody listen to this and go, oh, I just can't believe that God would do that. I mean, I, you know, and yet I totally get it. I totally get it. I mean, I'm just amazed, absolutely amazed and feel overwhelmed with how could I express, explain this to people and show this to people so that they will believe God for amazing things in their life. And um, sure enough, <clears throat> 2.30ish, she comes walking in, and I felt those feelings of compassion. I feel terrible that I have to ignore her, and yet God is basically saying to me again every single time, which of you fathers, if his son asks for a fish, would give him a snake, which implies if you're asking God for a gift, do you honestly believe that God will give you a snake in the place of a fish or a scorpion in place of an egg? No, God will not do that. God gives good gifts. And so he's warning me. And yet I still feel that temptation to want to reach out to her because I do have such a tender heart and I do care about other people. And yet God keeps warning me, it's a snake. Don't go there. So this is an area where I still know, and this is another reason why I believe God has asked me to set down the the ministry and the videos. Clearly, Rusty can see this, my pastor, and... It's obvious that I need to be continually strengthened in this. So I'm getting stronger each time this happens. But the other thing I just want to recall is I'm reminded today by the Spirit of God the notion that if God is warning me of what not to entertain and I'm warning me of the snake, the implication is that He's warning me to not dive into that for a reason. Incidentally, 7-Eleven right beside me right now which is also the which of you fathers being evil if you know how to good gifts how much it says if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your sons when they ask how much more does your heavenly father know how to give good gifts that's Matthew 7:11 and I just saw it while I'm making this recording on a car that just walked drove by so again proven my point of what I was just saying that the implication is God does have a good gift for me it's just not in my timing it's in his I know I'm still not ready I still keep seeing 212. I've had terrible moments of doubt. 
I mean, this is ridiculous. Who, what other human being could I ever talk to that could say, oh yeah, my God speaks to me through numbers. Uh, yeah, that's funny. He told me in numbers for a year and a half in advance, he would deliver me in court. He told me he would take care of my kids. He told me not to take this job. He told me what to ask for, told me how to wait, told me what to avoid. All these things using scriptures, told me he would give me this good wife. I get it. I mean, this is such a unique experience. I feel so totally alone in it. You know, I'm so blessed, and yet I want people to know God is unbelievably faithful and unbelievable intimate and unbelievably gracious. You know, this just again shows that I am weak, that God continues to do this. Every day He gives me His grace. My circumstances again. Who would want my circumstances? Right now, I owe $3,500 in taxes. I owe about probably $2,000 in child support, a payment and a half I'm behind on, technically. And I know I have a phone bill coming up. Oh, there's a terrible accident, a car upside down on the other side of the road. God bless that person. Oh, and I owe all this money to, um, you know, various places. And yet, a week ago, God asked me through Pastor Rusty to set my ministry down, which is the only hope I have of earning any income and so now it's like an even bigger step of faith and I'm going okay Lord I, I just I've had unbelievable peace not a single worry in spite of I should be totally panicked I was supposed to be in court on Monday God showed me 777 five times days previous showed me 555 three times in a day for three or four days in a row previous didn't give me the money I said God if you want me to go you'll give me the money I couldn't make it I haven't heard anything from court except for some other little, you know, hey, don't X, don't communicate with the judge's assistant without, you know, copying us. No other motions, no contempts of court, no nothing. And um, so all of this amazing stuff is happening. I have total peace in my heart. My circumstances are horrendous um, financially. And I've been seeing 626 a lot the last couple of days and I looked up 626 yesterday I saw it twice and I said father I will look it up and it's Matthew 626 which basically says look at the birds of the air who do not sow nor reap and your heavenly father takes care of them and how much more valuable than you are you than them saying to me I will take care of you don't worry about it you know just I'm still being obedient I mean, this is the turning point of my whole relationship with God. I know in this moment that this is the foundation of which God is going to build a skyscraper in my life. I know it. I declare it. I believe it. God is not asking me to, you know, believe this much and have this much faith and be this much obedience, have this much obedience to the point of it being painful for no reason. No, God is going to do something amazing with this. I am not going through this for no reason. And I just totally believe that God is going to build up a massive amount of glory for himself. This is the most amazing story I have ever heard in my entire life. The story that I'm living. That where God tells me in advance things that are going to happen. And they happen. To the point now where... I've had two ladies, one a believer in God, one not a believer in God, say to me, Michael, I spent a whole month looking for numbers and didn't see the first one. I was looking for 555-666-777. 
One lady saw 177 one time in a month after looking because she didn't believe my testimony. So she set out to disprove me. Another lady, a Christian believer who wanted to kind of almost confirm or, you know, is, could, is this real, started looking, could, didn't see the first one in a month. And here I am led every single day by numbers. And just last week saw 777 five times in one day, previous to the court, third court hearing. I mean, this is, this is absolutely supernatural, absolutely kingdom of God's will, his will being done on earth as it is in heaven, astonishing stuff. And I cannot wait to see what God is going to do on the other side of this. He is telling me he's going to provide for me financially. I have no idea how he's going to do it. I have no way of making the money on my own. He is still telling me not to ask anybody for money. Don't do anything to manipulate, but just stand and believe. I'm having all these temptations from, you know, don't believe for, you know, don't keep believing for her. You're an idiot. You're a fool. She doesn't even think about you, doesn't even know you exist, and you're passing up all these other women that keep kind of just popping up. What are you, an idiot? And yet I'm believing for Miss Impossible, this woman that I have tremendous hope in because of what God has told me. And I continue to believe in spite of everything in my circumstances that says, you're an idiot, this will never happen. I continue to believe God will provide in spite of my circumstances saying you're an idiot. Unless you work, you don't eat. Well, who do you think you are? God telling you to sit around and just wait and he's going to provide. And yet I continue to believe. And how have I believed? Only by God's grace. Not because Michael Criswell's been strong enough. Not because I'm some, you know, have some amazing amount of faith. No, because God continues to, by His grace, strengthen me and sustain me by showing me numbers just when I begin to doubt. The other day, God showed me scripture, have faith in God. And then shortly after, started showing me 212 again. I was doubting because I had recently been introduced to a another widow, young girl, attractive, whose husband passed away, and she's a looks very attractive, and she... Um, apparently loves the Lord and all of a sudden I'm having doubts I'm like well Lord why would I be introduced to this girl what I mean she and then I hear the doubts well you know I bet you doesn't love the Lord like that girl does and after all you're just pipe dreaming and I start hearing all this smack I go to the Lord father I'm anxious help me he starts showing me the numbers again showed me 212 three times on the other side of that anxiety and so Man, God is unbelievable. In spite of my weakness, in spite of my ability to get distracted, in spite of my anxiousness, my God continues to be so faithful to me through His grace. And I say to Him, Father, I don't need results. I only need Your grace. God, if You'll just continue to speak to me, if You'll just continue to show me that You're with me, if You'll just continue to warn me of the enemy attacks, if You'll just continue to warn me of diversions, if You'll just continue to increase my faith and tell me to wait and tell me to trust, if You'll just keep showing me Matthew 7, 7 and Matthew 7, 11, telling me to ask for good gifts, if You'll just keep telling me to have faith and believe what I ask for that I've received, if you just keep showing me James 5.15 that we believe bless those who have persevered for you know of Job's perseverance and what God finally brought about. 
for the Lord is full of compassion and mercy. God, if you'll just keep showing me 333, Jeremiah 33, call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and unsearchable things you do not know. If you'll just keep showing me James 515, whatever, this is our confidence, whatever we ask. If we, if we know he hears us, whatever we ask, we know we have received what we asked. If you just keep doing these things, God, then I will totally be okay. I don't need anything as long as I know God is with me and he's directing my steps. I can completely rest in his results. And this what right now, what I'm saying, even as fast as it's coming out of me, this is the essence of a walk with God. This is what walking with Christ is all about. It is about a, getting to a place where you no longer concern yourselves with results. You no longer have worry. You no longer have fear. You no longer have doubt. I have. I should be totally panicked. And I don't have the first lick of anxiety. Because God is carrying me. He is ex just absolutely strengthening me and strengthening me and strengthening me like I never dreamed possible. And this is what the Christian life is about. A total abandonment of self-will, a total abandonment of self-reliance, and a total, total dependence. Not in theory, not in, him, not in Sunday service, but in total life, total dependence upon God for everything. And He sustains you by His grace and by His presence. This is unbelievable. It is the moments like right now that I say, how dare I ever have cried the first tear wondering about how my God would take care of me, questioning why my God allowed me to go through this much pain, being feeling so sorry for myself and wallowing in self-pity when all I needed to do was to but surrender, give up trying in my own power, and say, Lord Jesus Christ, I need you. Help me. Save me. Let it be that your words are true for me, God. Let it be that I can seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and you'll add all these things to me. I am living it. I am breathing it. I am walking it, and I am seeing with my own eyes that God's word is absolutely 100% true. It is absolutely faithful. He is absolutely faithful, and you can bank on God's words. Not just me, not just George Mueller, but anybody. Jesus said, if anyone, John seven seventeen, if anyone chooses to do God's will, he will find out whether I speak of my own, or whether my words come from God, or I speak of my own. And I have found out that Jesus Christ's words, and I'm finding out that they come from God. This is an amazing life. I would not trade this for anything. Far be it for me to have $100,000 in my bank account right now, have my own little God sitting in a bank account that I could run to and miss out on this unbelievable adventure where my God says, there's a young man who's totally dependent upon me. There's a young man who's lost everything for my sake. There's a young man who's taken up his cross every single day to follow me. And so I am going to come to him and make my home with him. I have found what money cannot buy. This is absolutely unbelievable. My God is so faithful. I'm reading, I'm catching up on Oswald Chambers, and this is a May 9th that I hadn't read, and uh, this is interesting. It says, Our own idealistic principles may actually lull us into ruin. Examine yourself spiritually to see if you have a vision or only principles. Ah, but a man's reach should exceed his grasp, or what's a heaven for? Where there is no revelation or prophetic vision, which is a scripture, Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, the people cast off restraint. 
And Oswald says, once we lose sight of God, we begin to be reckless. We cast off certain restraints from activities we know are wrong. We set prayer aside as well as cease having God's vision in the little things of life. We simply begin to act on our own initiative. <clears throat> if we are eating only out of our own hand and doing things solely in our own initiative without expecting God to come in, we are on a downward path. We have lost the vision. Is our attitude today an attitude that flows from our vision of God? Are we expecting God to do greater things than He has ever done before? Is there a freshness and a vitality in our spiritual outlook? The thought that came to me as I read this is that putting on the prophetic vision or revelation was not something I had to do. God gave it to me as a result of obedience. So somebody might read this and go, oh, here's another thing I have to do. I have to put on God's vision. Now, yes, I believe it's so important that we set our mind on things above. The scriptures exhort us to do so. But I think that's a continuing of something that's already been placed there, which is the desire to look up and the desire to seek and know the revelation of things above, which came through Christ Jesus, through obedience to his commandments. Again, I surmise, and it is my belief, that everything great in the kingdom stems from obedience, which stems from love. So first thing is, you're forgiven by God, and you realize how much you needed to be forgiven, and you fully realize just how much he has forgiven you for, which incentivizes your soul to love God. Once you begin to love him, you want to please him. And the Bible says the way to please him is through obedience. And that's how we remain in his love. If you will obey my commands as I have obeyed my father's commands and remain his love, you will remain in my love. If you obey my commands, Jesus said. So, you know, we start with love. We then find the continuance of love from our desire to obey and our diligence to do so keeps us in Christ's love. And then he begins to come and make his home with us, which in itself is giving us this prophetic or, you know, revelation of prophetic vision of God and who he is and what he wants, what he's all about. And so I've never had to read anything about vision in order to get where I'm at today, experiencing all these amazing things I've been experiencing with God. Everything has stemmed from my desire, first of all, my love for him, my desire to please him, and then my obedience in doing so. I feel absolutely certain if I stayed right here and I did not continue in this journey and I didn't press farther into knowing more about Christ's commands and try to be more obedient to God and try to follow Him harder, that I would grow cold and might shrink back to my own initiatives in life. But I continue to press on, but I believe again it is He that's drawing me nigh, not myself. It's He that is pulling me to come closer, that beckons me to, to, to reach for more in the kingdom of God. And so it's this very interesting kind of what came first, the chicken or the egg, what came first, obedience or the vision, you know, type of thing. Um, but I don't know, I just want to make the point again that to me, everything comes down to obedience, which stems from love, not obedience to prove your worth to God, not obedience to get forgiveness of your sins, not obedience to count yourself worthy of heaven. No, that's all trash from the devil. But obedience out of a love of, man, God loves me. Man, God forgave me of all of this stuff. I mean, I deserve to be wiped out. God deserves to just go ahead and say, well, forget my promise of not having a flood. You guys are a bunch of wax. I'm going to start this thing all over. And actually, I've decided I'm not going to do this ever again. God has the power to do that. He has the right to do that. He made us. We did not make ourselves. We have absolutely no rights other than what God gives us. Period. End of story. We are clay in a potter's hand. 
and he can do with us as he pleases and he chooses to love us and to want to do good things for us and to build a home for us in heaven that we can stay forever and we'll just absolutely blow our little infant our little finite minds here on earth once we get to a place where we have the infinite mind the mind of god transfigured bodies we will begin to see wow how much god has loved us so anyhow just uh, obedience again always the key so today is Saturday, May 25th, 525, 2013. And last night was, uh, this is an update on, last night was very, very um, uh, an anxious night, shall I say. We, uh, we all went to Low Mill last night. We're sitting there with some friends, and I've got a new guy that I had met at church. Uh, he was a first-timer, and I befriended him and invited him out. He came out. His name is John, great guy, sitting there. And about 20, 30 minutes after we've all set up with my parents and my friends, I look up and there comes and her friend. And incidentally, it's the same exact friend that she was with the first night that I met her on August 31st of 2012. Same blonde-headed friend. Not the friend that she was with when I actually asked her to go have coffee with me, but um, the same blonde-headed lady. So I saw her there and, of course, the stomach just started turning. Another coincidence is that it was a full moon, exactly like the night that I met her. It was actually the night of the blue moon, the night that I met her. So, you know, word got out. They could all tell, my friends and everybody, parents could all tell that she was there. And, and Catherine and Bill Stevens were there. And Catherine's like, go talk to her. Go talk to her. Now, she's been putting all kinds of pressure, telling me, you know, you need to talk to her. She's not going to be around long. You know, some guy's going to snatch her up. you got to take the initiative. And, you know, I've... Uh, been just being obedient to the Lord and haven't had the the word from him that that was okay so I haven't done it I said no I still have to wait I said I will run into her again when I'm supposed to and of course here it is I've ran into her again you know and so I delayed for about 45 minutes and I finally I got up the courage and my mom's my mom even walked over by her and I'm like mom don't you dare say anything so her and a friend walked by to go to the bathroom and just wanted to get a glance at her. And um, she came back and she says, Michael, I just feel in my spirit you are supposed to go talk to her. And I'm like, Mom, I'm going to talk to her, but it's going to be in my timing. I just have to, you know, catch my breath here, think about what I'm going to do. So finally I went by the bathroom and uh, came back and I just, just I sat down and uh, walked up to her and said, Hey. I said, it's, it's Michael, you know, remember me and, and uh, her friend Jennifer. I said, hey, Jennifer, I said, you were here, you know, when we met the first time, like almost a year ago, you know, last summer. And she remembered and um, I introduced myself and I just kind of squatted down right beside her. She was sitting in lawn chairs, her and her friend. <clears throat> she had uh, one of her children there, one of the twins. And then the other lady had a girl there as well, one of her daughters. They were out kind of running around, but I just, I ended up talking to her. And of course, I'm, I'm still so nervous that it's, you know, that I'm trying hard to, to listen and actually listen to what she's saying. And uh, we just basically talked small talk. We talked about, you know, the kids and I told them, you know, my kids are coming this summer and, you know, did you know Low Mill's shutting down? And, you know, we talked a little bit of small talk like that and then um, talked about, Somehow or another, we got on the subject of loving the girls, and I said, incidentally, there's a truck passing me right now, and the license plate is 909, which is obedience, obey, 
So basically we, I talked about the girls and I said, you know, oh, I said, you know, how old are you? How do you guys know each other? And they said, you know, they have kids in high school together. And I said, oh gosh, high school. I said, you know, I, I don't, I don't have to worry about that yet. And I said, I got three girls and oh boy. And you know, I said, I'm trying to do everything I can to let them know how much daddy loves them. And you know, I don't want them trying to get that love from boys that they need to be getting from their daddies. And, and, um, said, you know, she told her friend, she goes, you know, my dad still tells me he loves me every single time we're on the phone. And she was kind of like, it was almost one of those slightly embarrassing things. Not bad. But I said, you know, I think that's awesome. I said, and that's when I said, I think girls should get that kind of love from their daddies. And um, apparently Jennifer's dad does the same thing. And so it was just lighthearted conversation. And I asked her what she did. And she turns out she owns 10 rental houses. So she keeps those rented and she kind of manages those. And then she also has an interior design business where she basically has repeat and referral clients and doesn't do a lot of advertising or marketing. It's all been word of mouth. She's been doing it for about 10 years. And um, so I got to the conversation where it kind of stopped for a second. I'm like, all right, I'll, you know, I'll let you guys go. I just wanted to say hello. And, and then Jennifer asked another question and brought up something. And so I kind of felt led to stay there. So I ended up being there for like 15 minutes talking and just small talk. And the thing about is she was looking around at these little kids that were right in front that they had gotten to know, I guess these little, this couple in front had a little kid and you know, they were, the little kid was trying to crawl on their blanket and she kept saying, Oh, please let them go on the blanket. You know, let them go on the blanket. It's fine. And she was kind of paying attention to some things around her and all that. And she made decent eye contact with me while she was talking with me a couple minutes, but I could tell there was, you know, intentional distance there, not uncomfortable at all. She was very, um, you know, respectful and, and cordial. Um, but she didn't ask me a single question about me. You know, the, um, the other lady did ask one question, I think about my daughters and I said, Oh, you know, they live in Florida or about my kids. And I said, Oh, they live in Florida and they'll be coming for the summer. And, but they didn't ask anything about me, which let me, led me to believe, you know, still delicate need to not push this. So I ended up finally saying, all right, well, you know, th- you know, so great to- seeing you again and enjoy the rest of your evening and, you know, talk to you later. I got up and I walked away and I, f- I ended up feeling negative. I ended up, first of all, I also saw that she was drinking something that looked like a beer bottle that was in a, a blue, like real pretty blue bottle. I know she drinks wine every once in a while. I've seen her do that and it doesn't appear that she drinks very much at all, but I kind of was like, oh, you know, is she a beer drinker kind of partier thing? And, you know, because that would be a real um, turnoff for me. But not not if she has an occasional one. But, you know, I'm just, for some reason, my mom, just she's like, what? I don't understand that. I'm like, mom, I just, I'm not into the beer drinking thing. I'm just not. It's a different kind of woman that drinks a beer than, than I'm going to be interested in. Like, that's all I can tell you. Not that if she has one every once in a while, that's a deal killer. But somebody who's a regular beer drinker, uh-uh. So that was a little bothersome, but I don't, I couldn't tell what it was and I didn't look when I was sitting there. And then, um, I just, you know, felt a little down. I felt like, ah, you know, that, you know, I don't know if she's interested and she's so beautiful. Oh my goodness. I just think she's the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. My mom, you know, went over and she goes, well, she doesn't look like a Hollywood, you know, and I'm like, mom, Hollywood is not beautiful to me at all. 
you know, and she goes, of course, but, you know, she goes, I guess beauty's in the eye of the beholder, and, and, um, you know, because I'm always gushing about how beautiful she is, I think she's absolutely gorgeous, and I guess my mom has a different type, she goes, I mean, she's pretty, and I said, no, she's absolutely gorgeous, so, I uh, got in the car with my parents, and of course, my mom was trying to say, that doesn't mean anything, just because she, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da, and just my mom wanted to talk about it, and I'm trying to process it, and I was tired, I was getting frustrated, I was starting to kind of elevate my voice a little bit, I was getting perturbed, because I'm trying to process all this emotion, I've been waiting for this woman, kind of almost, you know, is this a fantasy I'm playing on myself, and my mom even says, you know, kind of seems like a fantasy, and you know, I'm like, Mom, if God is telling me to wait, I'm waiting. If God's telling me she's the one, she's the one. I'm just trying to figure out if I'm hearing him right. That's all I'm telling you. So I ended up last night being a little anxious, a little concerned about things, you know. Got on my knees and said, Lord, I just need to give this back over to you, Father. I'm anxious and I'm sorry and I don't want to be anxious. I don't want to carry this. I want to trust you. So, God, I give it back to you. Went to sleep, woke up this morning just wanted to sit before the Lord with some music and just kept handing it back to him, telling him, Father, I trust you. I trust you. You know, to think that I might have waited for a woman who's not interested in me for over almost a year now and said no to all these other, you know, women and opportunities and stuff like that would make me feel really, you know, disappointed, uh, very, you know, frustrated, not frustrated, but just like, you know, so I don't see that there's much interest you know, at all, and so that really makes me, you know, makes me kind of sad, and so this morning I was sitting there before the Lord, and I'm just like, Father, I'm just going to trust you, I'm just going to trust you, and I just realized, Lord, I'm going to stay in faith, I, I'm going to choose to believe you for the impossible, I'm going to choose to walk by faith and not by sight, I said, because God, I realize the timing is not right yet still, and so you may decide to do something down the road that is, totally different than what I'm seeing right now. And you may turn this whole thing around and I'm still going to believe. I said, after all, God, I saw 212 so many times this week. So I'm sitting there doing the best I can to get rid of the anxiety. This is a continuation from the May 25th text. I just cut it off on accident. So I'm sitting there and um, feeling the anxiety. And then I decided to, to read a daily devotion. I started reading some devotions from Oswald Chambers and the one for today was about the importance of having faith and uh, it was said in such a way that really struck a chord with me and then I felt led to check my email to read the today's um, wisdom hunters and it says trust enough the scripture is but the Lord said to Moses and Aaron because you did not trust in me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites you will not bring that this community into the land that I give them the scripture is numbers 2012 if you remove the zero it's 212 that the only numbers present are 212, 212. And I was like, wow. Then it says, a mature and robust trust in God opens the door of opportunity, while a flippant, immature, irrelevant trust can slam shut the door of opportunity. And it goes on to say, do I really trust God with my whole heart or only when it's convenient? Then it says in the next paragraph, do I deep in my heart of hearts trust Him? Do I really trust Him with my job, my boyfriend, or my girlfriend, my future, my health, and my finances, and I'm like, oh, Lord, and then it goes on to talk about the importance of, you know, really trusting God, and then being tested in your faith, I can't read it because I'm driving down the road, but 
He's talking about how sometimes God will present circumstances to test your faith to see if you really believe. He already knows, but to test you to see if you're found faithful. And I just felt this surge of faithfulness pop up. Well, last night in the car, I said, you know, I'm probably going to just email her on Wednesday or Thursday and say, do you want to have coffee? And that way I'll know and I can get this on or off the pot. And of course, that was me just being tired and anxious. My mom's like, that's not God, all or nothing, you know, and I'm sitting here going, oh boy, I hate to say it, but my mom's right, you know, and I'm just saying this because I'm anxious. Um, and just as I was saying, you know, I'm going to probably, I'm just going to wait and hear from the Lord and I'll know what the, the, I'll know what to do what, based upon what the Lord tells me. I looked down at the clock and it was 9.19 in the truck right then. We're driving down the parkway. It's 9.19 and I'm like, that's it. I know what to do. I'm not supposed to contact her. God's telling me to still wait while it's darkness, still trust in him. Do not set out. Do not get ahead of him. And I'm like, going to do it. Man, if we don't get inside the house, not even eight, I guess probably eight minutes later. And because the clocks are on different time, the clock in the house says 9.19. So I take a picture of that one. Incidentally, right now, National Roofing Supply Company, 256-721-5212. Praise the Lord on the side of the building. <laughs> oh, God. Thank you, Lord. Right there on the side of the building while I'm making this message. 212. So that's that is totally God confirming for me. Once again, the circumstances present themselves and say, you got no chance. There's no interest here. This will never happen. You blew it. And now you've seen her three, four, four times. And the last two times, she's been kind of standoffish, reluctant. Well, don't you know, one thing that hit me this morning is this is exactly like the dream that God had given me, said that we would bump back into each other. And what I realized this morning that I had never realized before is I always thought that in the dream where I bump into her, where she's going down the, walking down the sidewalk, I thought that that was the first time I met her. And that's not because I knew her name already. And when I turned around and I said, so now I can look back on that dream and realize that the first time I bumped into her was the was representative of the future time I would bump into her at Starbucks where I literally had to touch her on the back in order to get by her. And it was a kind of an uncomfortable visit. I was totally nervous. We didn't have much interaction, but I literally ended up sitting right next to her. So that was that time. Well, then the second time is when she's standing on the side of the road reluctant. And I say, and we talk for a few minutes. So that's the second encounter where she's got the ice skates on. And I believe that was representative of last night. So all I know is I'm going to continue to trust and believe God for what now is truly the impossible because there is seemingly no interest on her part whatsoever. I mean, whatsoever. And I'm going to still just trust God. I'm going to have total faith in God and be willing to be a fool and just totally trust God because he's telling me now, again, she's the one. I totally believe it. I really just feel after this morning God's grace is affirming if you will just believe me if you'll just trust if you'll just wait I'll do this because I also know God wants to do it in a way that is spectacular that will bring him much glory so I'm going to continue to wait right now I'm going to meet with this gentleman named um, Dwayne I just met last week at a Bible study and uh, he says he's got something important to tell me he saw my, my story video and was blown away so looking forward to meeting this guy 
And um, I'm just praying this morning. I said, Father, just please encourage my spirit. Just re-encourage my faith. For Here it is. I've seen 212 twice this morning. 919 twice last night. Don't get ahead of me. And a message that says, sometimes God will test your faith and show you circumstances that are impossible to see if you will truly believe him. So, man, I'm just praising God now. I'm just going to keep waiting and keep trusting. The Lord just showed me 801 this morning again, and I realized I need to really look that number up and see what it was. I don't think I had ever found it the last time I was looking for it. And I'm really trying to hear from the Lord this morning and really stick close, um, you know, with everything, with Shannon and, you know, meeting uh, her and then, <clears throat> you know, my my finances and the ministry. And it it really does seem that I am, ooh, I have goosebumps coming all over me. I really feel like God is, is really... God is really testing me right now um, more than I thought. These are not, this is not emotion of um, sadness. This is emotion of, of gratitude. I mean, it is, it is difficult to be in a situation where you're emptied of everything. <clears throat> and for me to have gone this long, you know, without relief, it has been hard. It has been really hard. I have so many desires in my heart and I I feel that I have been deprived for a good reason for everything. I know that God has in my heart, I know that God has my very best interests in mind, second only to His glory in mind, and then to the hearts of His people. But I, um, I saw 801 this morning after everything that I've been going through and the Father has really impressed me this morning showing me Numbers 919. And showing me Galatians 5.25. Keep in step since we live with the Spirit. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. And Numbers 9.19 is, is that while the cloud or darkness remained over the tabernacle a long time, the Israelites obeyed God and did not set out. And this is the scripture that the Lord uses regularly to show me to not get ahead of Him in something, to not move on either contacting or taking a job or now contacting Shannon and it's hard because I know what I want and I see opportunities and I'm wired for opportunity and I say God I've been waiting so long you know why do I have to keep waiting why do you keep letting me be you know whittled down to nothing is there no good days ahead for me and of course I know there is but there are those moments when I just get so down and so discouraged, and I'm like, God, why do we have to keep doing this? Why do I have to live like such a pauper? I mean, you've given me so many talents and skills and abilities, and you tell me to just constantly sit and do nothing, and, you know, people wonder, why am I not doing something, you know? I mean, I wonder, why am I not doing something? And yet, when I cry out to the Father, He gives me His peace, and He lets me know. And so this morning, I really just feel like God just kind of put a cherry on top, with showing me 801, I started to go through the scriptures and I came to Deuteronomy 801. Now, 701 has been the number one number I've been seeing over the past, oh my goodness, I'd say several weeks. God has been showing me 701 over and over and over again. It's uh, Proverbs 701 and it says, My son, 
Keep my words and store up my commands within you. And this is the prompting that I've been getting from the Lord over the past several weeks to focus on the teachings of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit has really moved me. And for the past several weeks, I've been going through a couple hours a day, um, the scriptures, all Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and extracting all of the teachings of Christ, the actionable teachings of Christ, into a single document. I believe there were about 130 of them um, that were actionable. Uh, Actually, I think there was like 150 or so, but then, you know, you have to remove the duplicates. So when I went through and removed the duplicates, I was left with about 130 some odd duplicate, I mean, uh, individual actionable teachings of Jesus Christ. And now I'm going through and categorizing them into two major categories, our relationship with other people and our relationship with God. And really, God has given me this, this, this real desire and this burden to want to learn and to live by the teachings of Christ and to then teach them. And already I've seen evidence of this where I've been in conversations with people and I've realized that the answer that God wants me to give them is in one of the teachings or commands of Christ that the Holy Spirit would then remind me of. And so this morning... Um, also, God has been showing me 8.11 regularly, which is now finish the work which you began. 2 Corinthians 8.11. Now finish the work which you began so that your willingness to complete it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. And that's God telling me, hey, stay the course. Do the work that you you know are willing and interested in doing. So I've been focusing on that every day. And then, of course, um, 8.01 comes up. And I see this morning and I read Deuteronomy 801. Be careful to follow every command I am giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land that the Lord promised on oath to your forefathers. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your fathers had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothes did not wear out, and your feet did not swell during these forty years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. And I really just, that resonated so much, because I feel like that is absolutely my story, albeit not a desert and not forty years. But I have been in this, what I have called prison or cave, for such a long time now. And God has asked me to do so many difficult things. It seems that God asks me to do the exact opposite of what either I instinctively would like to do or what the world, in its very best attempts at doing the right or smart thing, would do. And I now have been left to abandon all reason and to completely just trust God. I've had to do this in my divorce. I've had to do this with all of the horrendous slander and the accusations, not returning wrong for wrong, but overcoming evil with good and being willing to turn the other cheek. I've had to trust the Lord with my children, not being able to fight for them, to reason it out in my own mind, but to do nothing but to trust. I've had to walk away from employment and wonderful job situations, and the Lord has told me to say no to those. And time after time, I was left to, to be what the scriptures say here. He, I was made, he caused me to be hungry. And uh, 
man, it hurt so many times. God, it hurt to go through those times where I know I could have saved myself right there, you know, and um, I've continued to have to live in such fragility. I mean, I'm certainly not living in a horrible place, you know. I'm, I'm living in a nice house, and my parents feed me good food, and I have a decent car to drive that doesn't belong to me. So it's not like I'm living in an unsafe place. There has been tremendous persecution and tremendously difficult days living with my parents this long. But now I see God has rewarded me so much. The answer in my prayer of to have my mother live with me forever in heaven. And now by, by God's amazing grace, at the very end of this season, God has shown to open her eyes by her, His grace. He's had mercy upon her. And she's now turning to the Lord and, and desiring Him and having great relationships with other women who are godly. I mean, I just, it's, it's unbelievable to see what's happening. And, you know, now I still, I have no money. I, I mean, I'm behind on my child support again. And I feel like God is just continuing to tell me to just wait. And I do still some days feel like a fool. Like, God, why am I not able to go get a job? You know, why can I not just go just do something and it hurts you know but I it hurts to feel like a fool in my own mind or you know sometimes I don't worry so much what other people think I mean I obviously worry about what my potential mate you know would would think I mean my gosh here I am you know wanting to maybe court this beautiful woman and my first thoughts are why would a woman want to have anything to do with a man who's still living with his parents and it makes me look like I'm a complete fool you know, uh, just a irresponsible young man, and um, God just continues to, to tell me to wait, and I just keep waiting to, to the point where I just think I can't wait any longer, and yet somehow or another, by God's grace, He continues to stretch me. Oh, and the stretching hurts. God, it hurts. You know, but I just keep running to His grace. Here I am, I think I'm now basically two and a half payments behind, at least on child support, or at least one and a half payment behind, and I'm like, God, please don't do this to me, Lord, and I don't even have enough money to go to Florida yet to pick up my kids. I'm having a garage sale this week to sell my possessions. I feel like I'm supposed to do that, and um, I have no idea. I've let down everything. I've set down my ministry. I've set down my work. I've, I'm not pursuing you know, this beautiful woman that God's put in my life. I'm not, you know... It's crazy, and yet, and yet, I really believe deep down in my spirit that God is testing me to see if I will obey When it hurts, and when it really counts, and I will, He knows I will, He knows I will cut my own head off, I, I've, got, I've got to the place where I will cut my own head off if the Lord asks me to. I've walked away from my children. I've walked away from my career. I've walked away from, you know, finances, my freedoms, my ability to take care of myself. Potentially, you know, a beautiful woman to be my wife. Uh, I just don't ever want to forget because I know that God is testing me. I know that He is training me. I know that He is teaching me. And just when I thought a few months ago that I was making some real progress and a new season was around the corner and God asked me to set it all down again. It has been so difficult 
I mean, I say it's difficult. It's difficult now in this moment, but God is carrying me by His grace every day. I have no money. I have no, you know, sense of any kind of security. And God just keeps asking me to set it down, set it down. So I read these words here in Deuteronomy 801 with a new level of understanding this morning. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm truly being humbled in a way that I did not anticipate. But I know, I know that I know that God has my good in mind for this and His glory. And I know that there's a lot at stake. I know that God is training me and teaching me and testing me to see if I will obey Him in these important matters, these things that are so important to me and these things that are so painful. Um, when I do obey God, it would be so much easier to just run like I used to run at my own strength, in my own way, in my own timing, and be self-sufficient. I mean, I have the ability to make things happen and to make my life work well. And every time I turn around, God is cutting off another layer of my self-sufficiency. And He's not doing it in a mean way. He's asking me to do it myself. It's like He's asking me to cut my own hand off. You know, and will you trust me to grow it back? I mean, that's really what it's like. And so I can't wait to see what God is going to do on the other side of this. I just know that He's not allowing me to go through this for a reason. For no reason. I woke up this morning and by His grace, I woke up at 5.11, which is a scripture that God shows me over and over. A number 5.11, James 5.11, it says, And we consider blessed those who have persevered. For we know of Job's perseverance. And what the Lord finally brought about. For the Lord is full of grace and mercy. Or the Lord is full of mercy and compassion. <sighs> may the Lord's will be done. And may His grace continue, continue to strengthen me.